0: Nothing like coordination. <laughs> I didn't know you had that on the thing, so I just started was you I started saying I heard you, I thought why is he doing that? <laughs> just because uh, I saw something when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, a picture, it's got nothing to do with the sermon, I just have to see this in my Bible. And uh, my grandfather, you know up on mountain, the roads that go through there, he logged trees out of there. And uh, there's an old picture, I remember this picture, I mentioned it to mom and she's it the other day. But when they were logging out of there, they literally took planks, made the roads out of planks, out of wood coming out of there. Can you, can you get there, I wanted to show you. That's one of them creatures, there's my grandfather. Okay, I feel like an idiot. I'm on it. I was. I don't look at this Oh, here we go. All right. Can you see that? Look at that. That's a plank road coming off of Rome Mountain. And uh, that's something in it. I just thought you find that interesting. And now you know the rest of the story. All right. Have you ever wondered why it is it seems like sorry people, nothing bad ever seems to happen to them? You ever wondered that? (laughs) We all know people in low places. I'm serious. Sometimes, you know, people, they lie, they cheat, they do everything in the world. It seems like nothing happens to them. And every time you try to do something, it's just like, bam, it just comes down on you like immediate judgment. Well, don't feel bad. King David in Psalm 73, verse 3, he said, why do the wicked prosper? And the righteous don't. You know, it don't make sense. I know people that, they're just not good people. They have no compassion. They have no uh, empathy towards other people. They're hard-hearted and cold. And you keep thinking any minute life is going to zap them. And it seems like everything they put their hands to turns out good. I've come to the conclusion that the reason for that is when we all stand, because God's word says they this five, we must all stand before God and give an account of the things done in the flesh. It seems like some of these people, it's like that. They live to be 100 years old or something, you know. Not everybody lives to be 100, like that. But I think what it is. So when we stand before God, God's word says in Romans chapter 1, for none of us will have an excuse. And God's given them every opportunity, every blessing, because he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. Give them every opportunity to change and make a confession of faith. But there's some people, no matter what God's given them, no matter what blessings, no matter what goes on, their attitude is, I know what the Bible says, but I don't care. I know what the Bible says, but I'm going to do this anyway. And that's why you wonder, how do they get away with it? There's a group of people way back when called the Gnostics. It comes from the Greek word, gnosis, which means literally to know. They thought they were elite. They thought they were all knowledgeable. They knew everything there was uh, to know. And uh, they had a belief that, okay, since wherever sin abounds... Grace does much more abound. Amen. I remember one time Lynn and I flew into Port-au-Prince, Haiti. You know, it's an evil place. And I prayed that as soon as I came off the steps and put my foot on a tarmac, I could just feel God's grace like, like a baptism. Because wherever evil is, grace does much more abound. And Haiti was called the island of blue water and black magic. And I could just, I mean, I could literally feel God's grace. So the Gnostic thought, okay, if wherever sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. And wherever sin is perpetuated, God's grace is sufficient. Therefore, why not sin that you get more grace? That sounds crazy. But Paul even addressed that here in Romans chapter 5. If you have your Bibles with you. Romans chapter 5. We're going to read into the 6th chapter of Romans, but we're going to read Romans chapter 5, verse 20 and four forward. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as in sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. Chapter 6, starting in verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, and like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. May God bless that reading here to our hearts and have this to a moment's word of prayer. Father, again, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence and ask that your will and your word will go forth and accomplish all you send it forth to do. With these things we ask and pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen and amen. It's an interesting thing because sometimes even little children say, Why do we have to be good? What's the purpose of doing, being good? You know, he said, because. If you have any children, I don't know if you've caught yourself doing this, but I had with with my son and daughter. How many of you have ever looked at them and said, you're asking for it? Anybody ever do that? (laughs) Well, in some cases, they are, believe it or not. They wanna know, do you care enough about me to stop me? Do you care enough to go to the trouble to notice what I'm doing? And sadly, so many parents don't care enough. And that's why so many times that is true. They are asking for it. And I think sometimes people who walk in the Lord thinking, well, why should I be good? Nothing ever happens to the people that's out here doing stuff's bad. And after all, uh, do unto others before they do unto you. And uh, nice guys finish last. And I I think never is it ever as evident as we look at with politicians. If you, (laughs) i tell you what, this group that they got is the loudest bunch of people that ever walked on the face of the earth. Knowing, knowing they have lied, I mean, when the film's right there, and flip-flop, in other words, wetting their fingers, sticking in the air, and saying, okay, which way's the wind blowing? That's what I believe. Make you It makes me wonder why anybody even bothered to vote because it just, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Well, there's a reason why we Christians want to be good. And that reason is this. He who knew not sin became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We do not want to mess up. We do not want to be bad because of love. No other reason. Now, you've got to realize too that when we stand before God, we'll all be judged. But if we ask for forgiveness of those sins, they'll be covered in the blood of Jesus. Amen? So if we know that, then why not live wide open? If it's true that I cannot lose my salvation, then what's the matter? Boy, there's a lot of people who live like that. I had a fellow who used to go to church here. I was explaining to him salvation, and he prayed the sinner's prayer, got baptized. But he was still doing some ungodly stuff, and I said, man, you ought not be doing it. He said, let me ask. You. He said, I'm saved, right? I prayed the prayer you said. I got baptized. He said, my ticket's punched, Right? i said i don't know what that kind of attitude makes me wonder he said well if i take his punch what does it matter and there's a lot of people who believe that they may not verbalize it as blatant as that but he thought well if i'm saved what's it really matter see the thing is if you're living like that and you claim to be a christian your actions make your profession a lie. if there's no change in your life after Except in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, you better go back and see. You see, God word tells us in 1 John, You need not that any man teach you, for the same Spirit that dwells in you was first seen in the disciples. You see, if you're saved, you have the indwelling Holy Spirit. It's like Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. He says, I must preach the gospel. I'm paraphrasing. I must preach the gospel. In fact, he said, If I preach not the gospel, there is accountability for me. He said, woe be unto me if I preach not the gospel. Do you know what he meant by that? If he tried to keep his mouth shut about Jesus. If he said, okay, I'm not going to preach the gospel. I don't want to be a preacher. I'm not going to tell people about Jesus. He's saying, I'd be so compelled that the words would come out of my mouth. Whether I wanted to or not because of the indwelling Holy Spirit. If you had the indwelling Holy Spirit, you cannot help but to speak about the things of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit, according to Romans chapter 16, convicts (coughs) us of sin. You know, you might not have a list of what you can do and don't do and all that, but you have the indwelling Holy Spirit which lets you know right away you know if something ain't right. I've had people say, well, Vic, can I do this? It's not in the Bible. I say, well, have you asked the Lord? See, if there's any doubt, If you're getting ready to do something, there's any doubt. Always remember what God's Word says. Abstain, 1 Thessalonians 5, abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance. If you even think it's bad, you don't need to be monkeying around there. And why does the Lord want us to? To seek to do good. Same reason I tell Matt. uh, Matt, you can go out there and ride your tricycle up the driveway, but don't go past the mailbox. That's just last week with a man. Uh, <laughs> and look at it, you know kids all the time, again. why? And you think, I don't want to take the time to sit here and explain it to you, and you, you give a very intelligent response to them, because, because I said so, that's all you need to know. You see, a child hasn't lived long enough to know exactly what the ramifications of danger and those things that will harm. Same way with God. When God says, I don't want you to do this, that, and the other, you may think, well, why? Because he knows what the ramifications, the outcome will be if you go ahead and do it. You see, Jesus didn't come to take away your fun. In fact, he tells in John 15, I'm coming, that you might have joy, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus wants you to have fun. He wants you to have joy. But it's not in the places you think it would be. You know, I I guess it's because I've been a Christian so long. I cannot for the life of me, as God's word says, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you have known the Lord and you know what it's like to be excited about his word, to discern his presence, to know the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, why would you ever want to be like a hog that goes back to the mud or the dog that returns to the bond? I can't understand. I mean, I understand how we can backslid, backslide initially. And as you've heard me say before, one good aspect about being in a backslidden condition is you had to be somewhere before you could slide back. But how could somebody who claim to be a Christian, backslide and stay in that condition? Uh, I was in uh, Liberty University, and I uh, we speaking to about 3,000 young people up there, and they wanted me to take a bunch out to teach them evangelism. I said, now, I do hardcore evangelism. They said, well, that's all right, go ahead. I said, okay. So I said, uh, let's go out on the street, and went out on the street, and there was a bar. I said, come on. They looked at it just like, I said, come on. The first thing you remember about a bar, or I remember about a bar, it's always dark in there. And there's a reason for that. God's Word said, Jesus said they love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And I just walked in and I said, uh, we're here from over at Liberty University and like to talk to anybody about Jesus Christ. You could see more heads drop. <laughs> Get him out of here. Uh, I got, Matthew, watch the time for me? uh I got a call one time. Said, uh, this guy had a store down here on uh, 36. Right before you get, about the plenty the lines on the left here. He said, are you Vic Young? I said, yeah. He said, uh, "There's <laughs> one of these days I'm going to write a book. And I know people are going to say, that couldn't happen. He said, there's a woman out here with a shotgun. Can you come down here and talk to her? Hey, don't feel bad. I had the police do the same thing to me about a woman that was in a house over here barricaded in. But I said, can you come down here and talk to her? So she's talking crazy. So uh, I went down there, and there she sat, and I said, will not you, uh, you need to put that down. And I could tell she was demonically possessed. There's one thing about uh, crazy, and there's where you can discern this is the demonic and i'll prove to you how i'll confirm that so i said i'm going to pray for you well the guy who owned the store was sitting beside her and he reached over to put his hand on her i said you don't want to do that oh i okay i a, a deacon of the flannable uh, high Baptist church i said i don't think you want to do that he said it's all right said, okay so i started praying and i said in the name of jesus i bind and rebuke you satan be gone she draw back and punched him right in the nose i mean Busted his nose, and his daughter was sitting there and said, Daddy, he tried to take you. <laughs> Well, she kind of came to her senses. She said, would you follow me to my house to make sure I get to all right? Big cowlick. I tell you, I won't tell you who the woman is, but the mall in Johnson City would not have been built if it were not for her. Wealthy, prominent lady. So I followed her to this big house, and she said, can you come in? I said, I really don't feel comfortable doing that. She said, would you just walk me to the door? Walked to the door, and she turned like right that and she said, would you like to see a picture of Satan? I said, not particularly. She said, well look, and on this big living room on the uh, wall was a giant wall painting of what you would think Satan looked like. And there was a guy sitting in the corner over there, and as soon as he heard me, he dropped his head and went flying out the front door. You see, I have seen personally evil and those who are not christian they don't want the light christianity is under attack now more than ever before only because the darkness hates the light because it exposes who and what they really are why do we do good because jesus knows what's best for us why do we do good is because we have joy and righteousness why don't we just go out here and do what we want to do if you're saved, you remember what it was like and the reason why you came to the Lord because you were not satisfied in whatever it is you were trying to pursue. When God's word says he is the way, the truth, and the life, you realize he is the way. Because if you're like a lot of us, you tried the other way. There was no happiness in that, no joy. But once you taste and seen that the Lord is good, you think, for the first time in my life, it's not saying I'm perfect, but I know where the true peace comes from because he is the Prince of Peace. I know who I can go to in times of trouble. I I, I, I don't have to back away. He knows I'm not perfect. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Jesus Christ himself said in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18, 19, 20. He said, go ye into all the world. If you're saved, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them. You know, so many times the world don't understand why we Christians want to talk to the lost about salvation. It's not that we're trying to get notches on our spiritual gun. It's not that we're trying to get a bunch of people uh, just to say, hey, look how big our church is, or to build up our offerings. I'm sure there's people who indeed fall into that ungodliness, that's carnality. The reason why we do evangelism, the reason why we tell people about Jesus is, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I know that anything the world has to offer is like eating as the prodigal son. He was eating husk. He was eating the food that they were feeding the hogs, and said, I love it said, I love it where it says there in Luke, he said, but it came to himself. He came to himself. In other words, he thought, when I was with my Lord, my Father, even the servants had it better than this. I'm going home. I'm going home. And the forgiving Father saw him coming in the distance and ran to him. This is the only time you'll see where it talks about that God ran. God ran to us to pull us back He's not there just to dang us over the pits of hell. And so we we have a mandate to go tell because we care about people now. I'll be honest with you, Linda, to tell you my favorite expression before I turn my life over to the Lord is this, I hate people. I hate people. I don't want people monkey with me. I don't want people around me. I just hate people. But after I got saved, all I want to do was tell people about Jesus. I don't know, Larry, he probably guaranteed he can't hear me right now, but he's sitting up there. He worked for dad when I did too. And the day that I got saved, the next day I come to work, and different guys work. We always go out to eat together or we get food off the garbage truck. You know what the garbage truck is, don't you? The little Mexican guy will come by and see the beastie with the sausage. Gut-wagon. (laughs) Gut-wagon. So we do one or the other. And, uh, After I told him I got saved, they said, Oh, okay. Now I went to lunch, it didn't take me. And I thought, what's the deal? And I went to my office and I said, don't understand, Lord. And the Lord laid it on my heart this strong. He said, if it's all right with you, I'd like to have lunch with you today. And I had tears. I thought, just think of that. And I, I was biblically ignorant. But I thought the one who owned the stars in the sky wants to have lunch with me. And I thought, why would anybody want to go to the trough and eat with the pigs in some bar somewhere or doing something they're not supposed to be doing? When you come to the body of Christ, you can drink from the living water. You can partake of the bread of life. You know, I'm sure people have attended some services and <laughs> More well pleased, but the majority of time you come to church, let me tell you, the devil will try to keep you from coming to church, amen? amen? I've told couples, I said, if you're ever going to get an argument with your spouse, it's probably on the way to church. Anybody ever notice that? Yep. Yeah. Sometimes even in church. <laughs> boy, this is a hearty amen over here. He don't want you to be here. And then after you get here, you leave. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, boy, I wish I hadn't gone to church. You're glad you did. You see, we're in a spiritual warfare Try to keep you away. And that warfare is white hot right now. The devil's working hard to keep people from the church, keep people from coming to the Lord. I, uh, bring it with me? Hold on. Remember what I, no, I looked it up there. I ordered the other day. You got that one? i give you man? Not all no. me, no. Anyway, uh, I, you got one, man? Okay, man, throw it down here. i to show you. Linda found one I had years ago and a cover was off of it. And I went online to see if you could still get them. And uh, throw throw that down here. See if you can hit Jerry back the head a little bit. Can you do it? Oh on, wait a minute. I don't do distance. (laughs) Told you I don't do distance. Thank you, Jen. But, well, (laughs) I got all the. Keys, and that's all I want, was that right there. Uh, Let me get down here, where you can see what this is. This is absolutely amazing. Can you see, can you get that? You see that? Holy Bible, keep right there, I'm gonna show you something. that. That is literally the entire Bible. Even with diagrams. That small. So that you can have the word of God with you. Always. And somebody. I don't know if it is you. Somebody. I don't know if it's Matt. So he can't read that. I said it's not so much. That you can't if you've got a mind find. no joke. It's not so much that. That you've got. The word of God with you. Always. And. Uh. You see, that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. The more of God's word that I have, whether it be that tiny or a big family Bible, hide his word in your heart. We do good because God asks us to do good. In fact, Herod, you see this in Acts chapter 26, verse 28, Paul came to Herod and presented to him the reason why he needed to be saved. Now think about all the Christians who were persecuted. You think, well, why did you you go through that? They could have been a quiet Christian. See, Nicodemus was a quiet Christian at first, but he couldn't keep it quiet anymore when he asked for the body of Jesus from Pilate. He thought he could hide his Christianity. And we we know that Paul, in fact, you look in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he gives a whole list. He was shipwrecked, he was beaten, he was left for dead, he starved. Did all these things. And a person may read it and thought, why in the world would I want to be a Christian? You go back to 1 Corinthians 9, 16, I was telling you about Paul said, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's so overwhelming in me, knowing the love of Jesus Christ, knowing that I have the answer, that I can't help but to warn people, to tell them. As You see in Ezekiel 3 and also chapter 33, that if you see danger, And you sound the horn, their blood will not be on your hands. But if you know the danger, you don't warn, then their blood will be on your hands. Paul took out the heart. And we see in Acts chapter 26, Paul was talking to Herod. Herod was listening intensely. And he said these profound words there in that 28th verse of the 26th chapter. He said, Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. Paul said, I wish not only almost, but absolutely would. See, there's so many people who hear the joy of the Lord, and they want it. I've had people, so many people over the years, uh, that I've walked up to. I think one guy's on a motorcycle down in Florida, and the Lord just told me to walk up to him and ask him if he'd like to be saved. That's all I did. You see, the Holy Spirit had been working on him long before I ever showed up. And I walked up to him and I said, Let me ask you something. He said, What's that? I said, Would you like to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for your life? Right? And he looked at me and he said, Yes, I would. And right there in the parking lot in front of Hastings Juvenile Facility, he prayed the sinner's prayer. I have seen, I think these are your watched them. I have seen. You got eight minutes. Huh? I got eight minutes. I got eight minutes. Then what happens? You expire. <laughs> you get fired. <right> <laughs> Um, I have seen right here in this church people some of the biggest, most notorious people you can imagine. i could, If you knew what I knew. I've seen Hell's Angels. I've seen uh, uh, Outlaws. I've seen uh, uh, the Banditos. I've seen people at Calvary come in here and accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives. Big guy, big burly guy. He prayed that prayer and then he looked up and had tears. I've had him tell me, I can't ever remember crying. You see, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the oh. Why do we want to be good? Not because we have to. Because we want to. We want to let our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's stand, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come into your holy presence to thank you for this day. Father, we know that our good works will not earn us salvation, but because of salvation, grant us the grace to do those things that are pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Father, I pray if anyone here this morning does not know you as the Lord and Savior of their life, that they'll pray this prayer I'm about to pray. Dear Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I receive you as my Lord, my God, and my personal Savior. Your Holy Spirit, please fill me to overflowing, and thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Matt, do we have an invitation? Yes, we do. While this... Oh, I didn't see a up there, while Jeannie Spain invitation on, if you prayed that prayer this morning, Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. never let anybody try to tell you that it's easy to be a Christian or to walk a Christian life. Jesus never promised us a dizzy land. In fact, he said, if you want me, you've got to take up your cross and follow me. Think of that. Madison Avenue would say this is not the proper way to advertise a movement. But Jesus didn't do it. He told like what? Anyone who loves mother, father, sister, brother, son, or daughter more than me is not worthy of me take up your cross and follow me. I'd rather take my cross and follow in the path of Jesus than anything this world has to offer. Father, thank you for this day. Keep us from going out and coming in and bring us back safely to point in time. For these things, I ask and pray in Jesus' name. All of God's children said, Amen. Amen.